If you invest an hour a day on upgrading your skill, at the end of one year, you'll have nine 40-hour The Halo Neurostimulation System will help you to push boundaries and to perform at your maximum capacity. Now, I'm often testing new products here at Unbeatable Mind, and Halo is the most recent that I've tested. And I felt it absolutely needed to be passed on to the tribe. It's a neurostim device that electrically stimulates the movement centers in your brain. It helps you to move better and faster through neuroplastic adaptation. It's as simple to use as downloading an app and plugging in headphones and then sticking them on your head. Use it for 20 minutes and then you go do your movement or your workout. Now, Halo, the company, has graciously offered to give a discount to Unbeatable Mind listeners. If you go to haloneuro.com and at checkout use the code UNBEATABLEMIND125, which will give you $125 off a Halo Sport model. That's an unbelievable offer. So use UNBEATABLEMIND125 at haloneuro.com, H-A-L-O-N-E-U-R-O.com to get $125 off. Very generous offer that they put together. Hope you check it out. Hoo ya. Hey folks, Mark Devine with the Unbeatable Mind Podcast. Welcome back. This is a special moment because I'm here at SealFit headquarters, literally the final week of our training here before we begin the move out. And so I'm doing a live podcast with my new friend, John Asaroff, who's a, a fellow um, San Diegan and uh, author and doing incredible work. But before I formally introduce John, who, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see standing here with me. If you're not watching on YouTube, then you can't see him unless you have some special powers that you know we don't know about yet, <laughs> which if you do have those powers, then John and I want to know about them. <laughs> At any rate, <laughs> here we are, and we're, we're heading into the fall, and we have one last opportunity to train immersively in our seal fit and unveil mind training philosophy where we combine them all and go deep. And that's the SealFit Academy in October, the week prior to our last Kokoro camp in October or for the 2017, which is our 50-hour immersion training. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So check out, you know, the information we have below because this is a not-to-miss event. We're changing the format next year and um, this has been an extraordinary event, a great place to really dive into all the principles of Unbeal Mind, Physical, Mentally, Emotional, Intuitional, and Kokoro Heart Mind Training. All right, so hope to see you there. I spend a ton of time at that academy working so we can go pretty deep. All right, that said, John Asroff, author, New York Times bestselling author of The Answer, which I read like 10 years ago. What a great book. Thank you. Fantastic. Uh, also, Make It Happen. Is that right? Which having it all. Oh, having it all. Right. Make it happen, having it all. It's, it's all the good. same. In order to have it all, you got to make it happen. Make it happen. It should right. have been your bylaw. <laughs> have it all and make it happen. Exactly. Sorry. I don't have my notes in front of me, so I'm working off of a, a you know, a memory that might be a little flaky today. That's we'll perfect. See. Yeah. So John is, um, I first heard of John in the movie The Secret. You might have heard of that, which has done an amazing job of really just opening people's mind into the world of metaphysics and what's possible with positive yeah. mental attitude, right? So we'll yeah, talk a little bit about Yeah, did a really good job there. I think so. And then, of course, there's a little, there's more to it than that, which is one of the things that you really, 
you kind of took off on it. Said there's more to it than just that, and we want to. Uh, I want to dive into that. Like, what's sure. the more? What's behind that? What comes after the secret? You discover that. Now uh, he's a um, an entrepreneur, um, real estate guy. He's built uh, businesses in digital software and internet marketing, and most recently. This is why it's so in line with in alignment with what we're doing here in um, neuroscience, brain training, neuroplasticity, yeah. and really approaching it from what we would call the third quadrant, non-subjective understanding the science behind it and how you can change it to affect your subjective experience of life positively, right? So welcome, John. Thanks so much for being here. Great to be here. Yeah, it's awesome to meet you. So I met you really in person. I knew about you for a long time, but I met you in person recently at the Pathfinders event. In That's San right. Diego. Yeah, that was fun. That yeah, was a lot of fun. And it was interesting because the night before, somebody had invited me to go to it. And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm busy tomorrow. And then yeah. I saw that you were on. And I said, oh my God, we've been trying to connect. Yes, we have. I said, I'm going to move my schedule around. And there you were. And I, you did a phenomenal job. And uh, it just you. felt like a, we were kindred spirits. For sure. And uh, so yeah. it was great, great to meet you. I don't know if you feel this the way I do, but I feel like there's a real sense of urgency to help evolve both individual and collective consciousness to deal with some of the problems we have in the world. What do you think about that? Do you feel that? I do in one sense and then I don't. Mm -hmm. And so let me share with you the do part, the the physical side of me wanting to, to help and to share and teach and to be a part of solutions wants the urgency. The other side of me that has been studying a little bit of quantum physics Mm -hmm. and you know, the universe being here for as long as it's been here says everything's happening in exactly the perfect time, in perfect order. And so, you know, I go back and forth between trying to speed things up and having that urgency and flowing and allowing things to to happen. I personally don't think there's anything to fix. Mm, Yeah. Right? And I come at, at it from, not that there aren't problems, but nature does what she does maximally efficiently on time, every time, no exceptions. Mm-hmm. I live with that philosophy. Mm-hmm. So even when things aren't to my taste, I do my very best to elevate my conscious awareness of the perfection that exists in everything and in everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that. Um, so, but do you think human <clears throat> nature follows natural order principles? Or the yes. principles of natural order? Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, from the from the micro to the macro, right. from the elliptical orbits of the planets to the cells dividing in our bodies to the atoms and muons and and protons and electrons spinning in perfect order and harmony, I think that without that perfection, mm-hmm. it all falls apart. And so, the more I could be aware and in alignment with that, um, I can you know help shift my behavior, shift my awareness. That is really what I, 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 I like mm-hmm. to have people ponder a little bit more. Yeah. Right. As opposed to being in that physicalness all the time, mm-hmm. using the emotions, using the, mm-hmm. the mindset to tap into the higher order of everything. It's interesting. I, I was just on a flight from Paris, San Diego, just a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting in my, in my uh, chair looking at the screen that was on the, in front of me. And I was looking at the earth. And I was seeing where the plane oh, cool. was on the yeah. earth and, and I was able to spin, you know, the interactive video of where we were on the planet. And, mm-hmm. and it just reminded me of just here we are flying. Okay. From London or from Paris, uh, which actually we went from Paris to London, London to San Diego. And I just, I was just in awe that we are able to do this mm-hmm. and we're able to do this because we understand the laws of physics. Right. And they're absolute. 
in mm-hmm. most cases, right? Right. So I just... So I would say to say that you have an abundant mindset, an optimist, that you see your, your vision of the future is uh, cup half full, sounds like. Uh, my vision of the future is cup totally full, mm-hmm. you know, full of opportunity, right. full of abundance. Right. I don't believe that there are accidents. Mm. There are things that are not to my taste. There are things I don't understand, but I do not believe that there are accidents. There's chaos, um, but there's also order. What about, you know, this idea that complexity, you know, can only withstand a certain, you know, level. It, it exceeds the level that created it. And so, you know, there's a lot of people who think that we've exceeded the level from a complexity standpoint of the ability to constrain the forces of the the industrial age paradigm. And so things mm-hmm. are spinning out of control. And, and the challenge we have is that the technology is allowing uh, violence to be projected Agreed. so powerfully that it's almost created like an existential threat for the planet with nuclear weapons and, you know, artificial intelligence, you know, kind of mm-hmm. outpacing our ability to understand it and to keep it the genie in the bottle. That stuff. And, but it won't about? happen. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, um, if you look at humankind, we've had what five, six near complete extinctions. Mm. And then we've reorganized into a higher living organism That's right. over and over and over we transcend and, over and include the past. Correct. But we evolve so, into something higher. So yeah. I'm with you on that. 25, 2.5 2. million years. times there's a lot of suffering yes. that incurs in those transitions. Yes. Not unlike the, you know, the, the, the chrysalis, you know, suffering and thinking is dying or, as it, correct. you know, converts to a moth. Or and a nature butterfly. doesn't think twice about inflicting capital punishment. Right. Right. In nature. Yeah. Um, nature is for fuller expression and expansion of itself. Mm-hmm. And that's the spiritual realm of what makes us up. Yeah. So we're not separate from that's this That's a very nativistic philosophy. The spirit that runs through all things, you know. Grandfather of the scout, you know, used language like that. Yeah, well, the yeah. Scouts, I didn't yeah. study the, the American Indian, but I studied a lot of Eastern philosophy. For sure, it's I very closely aligned. Yeah, yeah, so I studied a lot of... You know, what is, what is my hand made up of mm. beyond my eye's ability to see this, mm-hmm. you know, the atoms and molecules it's coalesce? Energy. It's energy, Ultimate. right? And mm-hmm. so if that's energy, um, and that's what I am made up of, and everything's made up of that, mm-hmm. how do I become more aware of that? Right. And that's probably why I got into understanding the brain a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I like to think of the brain that's evolved over you know, billions of years of evolution mm-hmm. is for me an electromagnetic switching station mm-hmm. that allows me to tune in or tune out mm-hmm. of different vibrational frequencies sure. of energy, like uh, tuning into a radio station of rock and roll is 95.5. Mm-hmm. Um, classical might be 98.2. Mm-hmm. I believe that we've been given this phenomenal brain without the manual mm-hmm. of how to use it. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we're finally in that new era. Um, I would argue that the manual has been given to us and it's been passed down through word of mouth and through, you know, small groupings of people who are willing to listen and learn, you know, through different traditions, yoga yes. tradition y- yes. being one, yeah, you know, yeah, classically, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. talking about yeah. American, not talking about American. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if we, if we go to the Vedas, if we yeah, go to the Vedas and yeah, Patanjali, yeah. yes, we go to the parts of our society, Eastern societies, yeah. right. for example, that spend more time than anybody yeah. on earth going inward. Right. I mean, the sutras themselves are a manual for training the brain. Correct. Totally right? agree. And then Patanjali yeah. brings it out in number two. 
Yeah. He says, this is about training the mind, right. you know, to seize the modifications, yes. basically to control your thinking. Yeah. And what science is, is catching up now. For sure. And that, yeah. that's, that's the part that I love because yeah. all the, the studies that I did, you know, my 20s and 30s and 40s, yeah. science is starting to catch up to validate, right. Right. you yeah. know, what the... Yeah. You know, still the, a ways behind, yeah, in my oh, opinion. Yeah, there's still a ways behind. <laughs> so let's talk, I mean, yeah. I want to get way back and go deep on this subject, but um, I haven't really had the opportunity to kind of hear your story and, you know, the people who listen to this are entrepreneurs and business yeah. people and moms and warriors. But uh, what we have in common is that we love to know the story of how we can, uh, how other people really stepped up their game mm-hmm. from the origins, right? Sure. So you have this origin story, like my origin story was upstate New York, family business. I was groomed for all that. And then, you know, you heard that, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden I woke up to the warrior in me. Right. What was your origin story? Where'd you come from? And then, you know, what were your influences or mentors or, or wake up moments that, <laughs> you know, that kind of got yeah. you on your path? Simple. Well, simple. You know, uh, I was born in Israel, lived there until oh. I was five, really? uh, moved to Montreal and was put into uh, grade one, not speaking English or French, speaking only Hebrew. And for no two kidding. years I suffered, you know, because I didn't know the language right. and having to learn two new languages. So started feeling inferior, insecure, not smart enough, not got, not good enough at six, seven, eight years old. Accepted uh, from a racial perspective, though? No. Now, the, the area that we lived in were, you know, immigrants from all over the world I came see. to this one area of Montreal. Montreal was accepting immigrants in. Okay, good. Um, by the time I was in, you know, 12, 12 years old, 13, 14, uh, street gangs, uh, drug selling, breaking entries, fights. No shit. Oh, yeah, massive, <laughs> wow. crazy. So okay. 12 to 17, in and out of uh, uh, detention centers and got into a lot of trouble. A lot of Where trouble. were your parents during this time? At home. My father was a cab driver. Mother worked at a local department store sewing in the they back. They were just busy making a living. Busy trying to make ends meet, you know, uh, complaining all the time that there was too much month left at the end of the money. <laughs> <laughs> and they thought like a lot about, my father was a gambler. And he went to um, play cards or the horses after he finished his taxi shift. No kidding. And so they always fought about money. I remember as a kid, I hated that. I hated yeah. that they, oh they argued and fought and, and used words that they did. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, never got physical in right. front of us anyway. And um, I remember just hating that. And I got a job. I, got, I left high school grade 11. Uh, and I don't know who was happier, me or the teachers, but I was getting in trouble all the time. I was in the principal's office more times than I care to uh, to remember. But I hated school. I didn't do well in it. I hated it. Uh, the only subjects I did well in were biology and chemistry. Interesting. Just so this, this wasn't from like a learning disorder. You just literally just, hated just, the content. Just, just, I just did didn't feel inspired. like I was smart enough or good enough. I just, you know, it just, uh, I, I think... Having the pain of how I felt in school when I was in grade one, two, three, mm-hmm. four, five, carried just carried over into this feeling that I didn't belong there. Right. Yep. And um, and then my brother introduced me to a, a man. One, it, it's interesting how one one thing, one moment, yeah. one man, one, one something can change right. the course of your life if you pay attention. You take advantage of it. Right. So he introduced me to a guy. His name is Alan Brown. Alan Brown was a uh, real estate developer, had mm-hmm. like seven, eight real estate offices, 150 real estate agents. And my brother used to teach him tennis. And he used to, uh, he asked my uh, Alan if he would meet with me because his younger brother was troubled. Mm. And so I took the train from Montreal to Toronto, about 350 miles away. Uh, it was a Friday afternoon. 
uh, beginning of May 1980. And I'll share with you why I remember this so, so well. <laughs> I had lunch with Alan Brown, and he said to me, why do you think you're doing the things you're doing and getting in trouble so much? I, said, I don't know. I just want to make some money, and I, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. I don't have a college degree. I don't have you know, a lot of education. And everybody tells me if I don't have an education and college degree, I'm not going to amount to much, so I might as well not amount to much. Mm-hmm. And um, he said to me, well, if you could figure out a way to do it, what would you like to, to achieve? I said, well, um, you know, I see this show on TV called Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous <laughs> I want with that. Robin Leach. I said, well, I'd like a yacht and I'd like a plane. And I want to make money and I want to travel and I want to wear those clothes. He said, well, you can have that. I go, yeah, right. <laughs> uh-huh. And um, he said to me, so I'll make you a deal. He said, um, why don't you go home and write down everything that you would like to have? And I was staying with my brother for the weekend. So he gave me some sheets of paper. And he said, I want you to write in, you know, what kind of health do you want? Uh, How much money do you want to give to charities? I mean, stuff that I had no idea about at 19 Mm -hmm. years old. When do you want to retire? With what kind of wealth? What kind of car? What kind of home? What kind of charity? He asked me a whole bunch of questions. gave me the documents, the papers to fill them out. And so I went home to my brother's house reluctantly and started filling them out. And I just started to dream. I Mm -hmm. came back on uh, Monday morning, met him at his office. And he says, great. He says, this is uh, you know, some good goals over here. This is a good place to start. He says, now, here's a question I want you to answer. He says, are you interested in achieving these goals or are you committed? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I looked at him. I was sitting in a chair. He was leaning over the desk and he said, um, are you interested or are you committed? I said, well, Mr. Brown, what's the difference? Mm-hmm. He said, well, if you're interested, you'll do what's convenient. Mm-hmm. He said, if you're interested, you'll come up with stories and excuses and reasons why you can't achieve it. Mm-hmm. So if you're committed, you'll throw all those away and do the fucking work. Right. You'll become who you need to become. You'll learn what you need to learn. You'll develop the knowledge, the skills, and the habits to achieve that. Right. And I looked at it. I was That's like, the oh, shortest wow. lesson in success that I've ever heard. Unbelievable. <laughs> Interested awesome. or Boom. committed. Like and I'm getting chills talking about this because I remember looking at him and I remember feeling my heart beating faster than normal because I was like, wow. He says. He was challenging. He, he was challenging yeah. me and I felt uncomfortable. Of course. And I said, Mr. Brown, uh, I'd be committed if I had somebody to teach me. And he goes, mm-hmm. no, no, no. He says, first, you've got to decide whether you are interested or you're committed. Mm-hmm. He says, the teacher will show up. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, I'm committed. He says, good, then I'll teach you. Mm-hmm. That was May 5th, May 3rd, 1980. On May 5th, 1980, I went back to Montreal, came back to Toronto. He paid for my real estate course. Mm-hmm. Five weeks later, on June 20th, 1980, I graduated from Humber College with a degree to be able to sell real estate. He told me I owed him the money, but he would teach me how to make the money. And the reason I remember those dates so well, Mark, it was the first test I passed by myself without cheating. (laughs) No kidding. In years and years and years. And did you find the subject interesting? Hard. Hard. There was a means to a possible end. Right. Uh, I was intrigued, you know, in real estate, just because I had heard people made a lot of money in real mm-hmm. estate, but I had I had no idea that taking that leap would result in learning sales, learning marketing, mm-hmm. learning mm-hmm. business, learning mm-hmm. promotions, learning about self, learning about mm-hmm. habits, learning mm-hmm. about all the stuff that I needed to learn about. I didn't know what the path would involve. Mm-hmm. But By I the knew. Way, that's one of the most incredible things about real estate as a profession that you have to learn an entire, you know, both the tactical and strategic skills of selling real estate, but you have to also yeah. learn how to be the kind of person who has, you know, who can engender trust and yeah. you know, develop rapport and, you know, get the work done and, and, and literally be disciplined enough to sit and make all the calls you need to make every day and, t- you know, to yeah. literally drive toward a goal oriented, you know, transaction, but 
transformational relationships too. So it's it's amazing. Well, what was interesting the growth is, that can accrue in, yeah. in a careers like that, especially starting out. I, w- I was really fortunate that not only did he <coughs> take me under his wing, when I ta- mean take me under his wing, he gave me an opportunity and then he gave me some stuff to read and some stuff to listen to and some people to model in the mm-hmm. office. Mm-hmm. And there was a guy, Dave, who sat across from me that wore the same Harris Tweed jacket for a year while we were there. But mm-hmm. Dave would be on the phones every day. And we had these sheets in front of us that said 15, 30, 45, 60, 75, 90, 105, 120. I'd go on all the way to 1500 because it was 100 boxes, $15 to 1500 And here was my task. Make 100 calls today. Hmm. And make 100 calls today. And here's the script you had to memorize. So it took me 10 days to memorize the script. Hi, this is John Astor with Alan Brown Real Estate. We have somebody who's looking to buy a home in the neighborhood. Are you interested in making a move? <laughs> Click, next call. Click, yeah, uh, next call. I had right. to make 100 calls a day. Right. He said, Listen, you, you get used to making 100 calls a day and learning the script and rehearsing it like a New York play. Mm-hmm. He says, you'll become wealthy. I go, shit, I'm going to learn the script. Mm. So I studied the script. I recorded the script on a cassette tape. I listened to the cassette tape every day in my car, mm-hmm. every day, over and 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 over mm-hmm. again until I knew the script. Mm-hmm. And then he just kept giving me little additions to the script. If they say this, you say that. If they mm-hmm. say that, you say this. So he taught me that you're going to hit objections. Here's the answer to the objections. Mm-hmm. And here's when to cut bait. Mm-hmm. So at 19... I started selling real estate. And in the first 12 months, I made $5,000 more than my father did driving a cab. I made $30,000. My dad made twenty-five. dollars No kidding. In the second year, he taught me some advanced skills. And I made $151,000. No kidding. No kidding. Swear to God. Year old kid. Swear, I was 20 at the time. 20, yeah. And then I, um, I started, you know, I was real estate. I used to wear glasses because I was 19. I wear a suit, suit and tie every day. And glasses. And the reason I wore glasses is because I was tired of people asking me, how old are you? <laughs> I didn't believe that they could trust me to help them buy or sell a home. Right. And so I tried to make myself look older. And I finally learned an answer to that objection was old enough to get the job done. Oh, I like that. That's good. Right. And so he just taught me a way of thinking. He, th- he taught me a way of overcoming my fears of not being good enough or smart enough or worthy or, you know, scholastically smart. And that was the foundation. So the Trojan horse there through all that was basically teaching you about mindset, like how to develop a mindset for success. But also to prepare for the task at hand. Right. Right. And and he he mentioned to me, he says, says, professionals prepare. Right. He says, everybody else, you know, messes around, you know, hacking and stuff. And professionals prepare over and over and over again. And he said, he says... I don't think he said this, but it, I, I later learned it this way. The average person prepares to get it right. The pro prepares so they never get it wrong. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. And so he taught me, and then I prepared with Dave and with Vern and with Leo in the office. We would practice, drill, and rehearse hmm. the script. We would practice the objections that mm-hmm. could come at us with an answer that made sense, that mm-hmm. moved us forward. Mm-hmm. And then he introduced me to um, Tommy Hopkins. Mm. It was, in that time, somebody who taught selling. And then Tommy Hopkins taught me some of the art of selling. Mm. You know, the the art of trust, the art of rapport, the art of doing something for somebody, not to Mm. somebody. Selling back then, you know, maybe even today, had a um, really negative connotation of like used car car sales person-ish. And he taught me, no, 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 no. The highest... 
a compliment you could give your prospect and client is to care more about them than you do about the commission you're going to make. Because mm-hmm. I had to eat what I killed, mm-hmm. right? So I was like, I'm money driven. I've got to pay my car. I've got to pay an apartment. got to pay for food and drugs and alcohol <laughs> and stuff back then. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so I had to get busy. Uh, and so at, at 20 years old, I learned being ethical. Mm-hmm. And then my life started to change. Then mm-hmm. I started to develop more confidence and mm-hmm. more certainty. And well, the feedback loop was reinforcing you, so yeah. you, you would set yourself on an upward spiral yeah. of and, 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 you know, he had guided me there, right? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, and so it was a really wonderful beginning for me of, mm-hmm. of having a mentor um, show me where the landmines were, but also showing me what to do that he already knew worked. This episode is brought to you by Organifi. Now, Organifi has taken the inconvenience and the expense out of juicing. You can get high-quality organic green juice fast and easy. It dissolves quickly and is super simple to use, and it tastes great. Organifi will help you sustain your energy throughout the day and receive your daily dose of greens. They've offered 20% off for listeners if you use the coupon code UNBEATABLE at checkout on Organifi.com. So if you want that unbeatable mind, you can't ignore your unbeatable body, and Organifi will help you get it. You know, um, a lot of people have talked about, you know, that, that, you know, if you're not ready to learn and grow, then it doesn't matter. A mentor's not going right. to do anything for you. Yeah. And those types, that type of opening to moving from like what Carol Dweck would call a fixed mindset yeah. to an open or to a growth mindset hap, can happen from like a... A, a rock bottom experience like hitting bottom or can happen from like a, a you know mystical experience or a yeah. flow state experience or whatever getting hit over the head with a you know a board mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like you were at bottom it doesn't sound like any of those happened to you so how come you were so open to learning and growing when you were in such a negative pattern which a lot of people would be considered a fixed state of mind uh well Jail or the morgue were probably the two destinations I was heading towards. Mm. So part and of you saw that. I saw that. Okay. Friends of you know, friends of mine went to jail. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of friends died. I had a very very close run in with the law mm-hmm. on um, uh, on a drug deal that could have gotten me into jail for quite some time. So mm. I was scared shitless. Mm. But the pain of what my parents would feel was greater than my own pain mm. if that happened. I see. Yeah. Uh, my parents were loving, caring, hardworking individuals who loved their children, did the best they could for them. And disappointing and hurting them uh, was a real magnifier for me mm-hmm. To, mm-hmm. To, to really, I don't know what caused me to even think of them. I was a pretty selfish kid at the time. Um, well, that's a great lesson right there just for parenting. You know, so I'm dealing with that with my son is 18, he's graduated, just graduated from high school. And like he, he really is lacking a lot of motivation and I love him dearly, but he's, I, I think my sense is there's no, nothing that I can say right now, mm-hmm. uh, except I love you right? and yeah. go out and fail, go out and figure it out. You go know out and fail and go out and succeed. Go out and succeed. Right. But I mean, but failure yeah. way to success because yeah. Yeah. I, I can't do much anymore. Now it's on you to go out into the right. world and 
and you know maybe get beat up a little bit not physically but by the world and learn these lessons and look for the mentor and then you know yeah well you know what's interesting is uh, i was just on on a a lovely cruise with my wife and kids and they're 20 and 22 uh, one graduated from college, just came home. Uh, the other one didn't want to go to college after a year. And I said, cool. And um, at six o'clock in the morning, when I was waking up to go and stretch and to do yoga, mm-hmm. to do my breathing nice. work, my kids were coming back onto the boat after being in the bars and nightclubs all night. <laughs> right? And there's a part of me that there's goes like, hey, there. what, what are you doing coming at six o'clock in the morning? And then the other part of me goes, oh that my God, was me. that was me. And I right. got two of them coming back now. <laughs> and so I was just in this space of allowing a non-judgment after. Yes. I was judgeful right. or judgmental yeah. and realizing, you know what? I'm going to go back to the universe took care of my growth. And if I mm. could give them the space to grow, to be loved, to be accepted, mm-hmm. um, to guide them, mm-hmm. you know, um, when they ask for it, but mm-hmm. to guide them a little bit when they're not asked for it, just say, hey, be aware of this and just mm-hmm. be aware of that and, mm-hmm. and think about this and think about that. That's the most you can do. You know, part of the... Um, the lesson for me that, you know, my parents, I, I left the house when I was 17 and they were quite cool with it. Go. I mean, they were used to, you know, they left when my mother left Romania when she was 12. My father left Morocco when he was like 15. Wow. So for me to leave at 17, I was like, I was like yeah. five years past them already. Like, get <laughs> out of here. Go, 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 go do your right. thing. And so the, the, the motivation is hard for most people there. The research that I've read said that, you know, two or 3% of, of kids have the motivation before they're, you know, 20, 25. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's only when that left prefrontal cortex mm-hmm. activates and comes mm-hmm. online, that right. CEO, that executive director, that we start getting that, you know, motivation, right. the motive for our Intrinsic actions. What, what is so it that, that happens we, around 24, 25-ish? 22, 25, 26, 27, Depends somewhere in that range. Yeah. And, um, and, and so I trust that. I didn't know it before, but I mean, I trust that now. And mm-hmm. I go, okay, mm-hmm. um, the, the soil that they have been raised in mm-hmm. has been fertile soil of mm-hmm. positivity, of possibility, right. of overcoming challenges. You know, my parents never hid the challenges from us. So we mm-hmm. knew they, mm-hmm. they had challenges. I've never hidden the challenges I've faced with my children, whether mm-hmm. it's financial, business, mm-hmm. uh, health-wise, right. never. And so I'm okay with them having challenges. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, that's normal. Yeah, very, very normal. That's fascinating. Okay, so you, you cut your teeth in real estate that, that began yeah. the process of developing a mindset for success. Mindset and, and habits. And habits, right. And mindset habits, and habits right. for success. And I was taught another lesson that I just love to share with everybody is um, the power of an hour. And so mm-hmm. my second mentor, Walter Schneider, very, very successful entrepreneur. He is still to this day the most successful sub-franchisor of any franchise in the world. No kidding. With uh, about, I think about 10 or 12,000 Remax offices. Good when I was 26, Lord. I... Um, What's his I, name again? Walter Schneider. I think I met him once. Yeah, he's in Toronto, Canada. Dear, dear friend of mine was my business partner in Remax of Indiana. Okay. Uh, but when I was 26, the opportunity arose for me to buy the franchising rights for Remax of Indiana with Walter and Frank. And Walter said, listen, he says, if you invest an hour a day on upgrading your skill, at the end of one year, you'll have nine 40-hour weeks. Hmm. At the end of two years, three years, four years, mm-hmm. you'll be so far ahead of the competition mm-hmm. by one hour a day. 
-hmm. whether you read a book, practice your craft, it doesn't mm -hmm. make a difference, mm -hmm. but upgrade your marketing skills, your sales skills, your management skills, your finance skills, your lead, whatever it is. If you invest an hour a day mm. and you commit to that, not, not five days a week, seven days a week, mm -hmm. he says you will be able to about basically like write tactical your tactical skills as opposed to like an hour in the gym or, you know what I mean? Yeah, but even an hour in the gym, That's if you were to apply it anywhere, an mm -hmm. hour meditation, an hour, right. an hour in the gym, an hour walking, an hour running, an hour mm -hmm. climbing, an hour mm -hmm. reading, an, mm -hmm. an hour on anything mm -hmm. is nine forty hour weeks. Like That's we can amazing. get good if you and I said, "Hey, let's let's get good at sewing." <laughs> if we spent nine forty hour we'd weeks, we'd get that. better at it, a right. lot better. Mm -hmm. Well, if, imagine doing that for two years, three years, mm -hmm. five years, mm -hmm. and a lot of people are, are thinking a lot of the short game mm -hmm. versus the longer game. Right. And it's interesting, you know, when I was in my 20s and even in my 30s, it was the short game, you know, you know, three months, six months, one year. Yeah. It was hard for me to see when I was 20 what things would look like when I was 30 mm -hmm. or 40 or 50. Mm -hmm. Now I can see to 75. I'm 55. I can see mm -hmm. to 75. I can mm -hmm. see to 85. I can see to 100 now. Right. And, and I'm playing the long game now. Mm -hmm. I'm playing the short game, obviously, for, for health and spiritual mm -hmm. and all that stuff. But, but the longer game is more important to me to develop the... The, the mindset habits, the emotional habits, the physical habits that gives me the best chances of success later on in life too. Hmm. And, um, and so habits are what drive behavior more than anything else. Mm -hmm. So your beliefs will drive the habits, the habits then drive you. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the stuff that I'm fascinated with is are there mental habits that you can get into that are constructive instead of destructive, mm -hmm. empowering versus disempowering, right. inspiring instead of expiring? Right. right. Um, and so it's well, you know we, we have some very similar mm -hmm. vocabulary, and mm -hmm. you know I teach a model called SEMP, S-E-M-P, which is spiritual, emotional, mental, and physical. Nice. Yeah. And um, and so are there spiritual habits that mm -hmm. empower you? Mm -hmm. Yes, there are. Mm -hmm. Are there emotional habits that can empower? Yes. Are there mental ones and physical mm -hmm. ones? And the answer is yes. Well, why not start with those? Right. Like why that. not start with those? And it doesn't have to be a hundred different ones. Maybe one for each to just get off of the position you're in right now. Mm -hmm. And develop that empowering habit. Because every empowering habit connects to other empowering habits and reinforces them. And every disempowering habit connects to others and reinforces right. Right. those. Yeah. And so you start off simple, you know, mm -hmm. simple and easy and uh, work with, you know, neurology and biology initially. Mm -hmm. If you're, mm -hmm. if you've got some destructive habits, you know, just mm -hmm. change one. Right. One, just focus your energy and attention on one. So one of the things I think a lot of people struggle with is, you know, with this kind of relentless focus on the future, relentless mm -hmm. focus on goal setting, short term, medium, long term, you know, the vision for my ideal self in 20, 25 years and always working toward improving yourself for a better future. Mm. You know, the nihilist would say in that, like, why waste your time? Because the present moment is yeah. all we got. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, I, right now is all we have. And then the next right now and the next right now. And, and you know, I agree you, with that. When you get so, into that, yeah. it's like, okay, so... Why are we wasting all our time in the future? But, you know, the response to that is because we want to improve the now. <laughs> we want the now, we yeah. want the now moments to be positive and and purposeful and in service and without that kind of future mindset orientation and preparation and planning and thinking, then we don't get there. But the key, I want to throw this back at you, the key is to be able to let go of that when you're in the moment or yeah. when you're in conversation or when you're you know, in 
uh, action, so to Being speak. Being present, yeah. In present. Yeah, yeah. If, if what I said eluded or, or suggested that I only focus on the future. Um, no, I was saying that's yeah, more that's, of a general uh, theme for yeah. people. Is like there's a lot of talk about future planning and visioning and all that. And I think that generally speaking, that's all really good. But that's in service to being here now. I agree. More yeah. powerfully. Yeah, I think the, you know, for me, it's there, obviously there's only the present moment. Right. And, and, and I'm totally in that. For somebody who's struggling in the present moment, sometimes you need to be able to see a better future in right. order to take action and make a shift in the present moment. So Absolutely. you have to have the motive for action. That's right. And so I'm all about seeing the future, planning for the future, but living and doing what is necessary right now mm -hmm. as well. So I'm totally, mm -hmm. totally for that. Yeah, and what you said is so powerful too, because if the moment is a one, you know, is one of suffering or discomfort, oftentimes it can be because I don't have a powerful vision for the future, or because I haven't rectified my past. Yeah. And so that's a lot of the emotional development that I think that um, I think is so important for people today is about basically. I'll use this term for the first time, I think, uh, re-remembering our past in a more powerful way. So if you grew up with abuse or if you grew up with, you know, you know parenting, which was suboptimal, which so many people do, yeah. to be able to uh, make peace with that and to find the silver lining in there and to let go of the energy that you're dragging along like a kettlebell, you know, mm -hmm. what, the, yeah. what the psychology profession would say, call the shadow, right? And so if you're dragging and if you're carrying a big shadow then it's hard to be present because you're going to, the emotions and the thought patterns are going to be colored by that dark energy, by that negative energy, that patterning. Yeah. And then it's hard to see the future. So it's, it's a real catch 22, right? So you got to work on both ends. You got to work on the future and the past in my yeah, opinion. And it's also a matter of understanding what are emotions? Mm -hmm. Where do emotions start? And from a pure neuroscience perspective, all emotions are subconsciously activated right. that give rise to feelings and sensations mm -hmm. that are either pleasurable or unpleasurable right. to varying degrees. And right. we move away from the ones that are not pleasurable and move towards the ones that are pleasurable. So if there is a re repetition or a pattern of unpleasant, unwanted emotions, I don't like to suggest emotions are positive or negative. They're mm -hmm. pleasant or unpleasant to yeah. varying degrees. Right. So if there's a recurring pattern of an unpleasant emotion that causes this feeling you don't like, mm -hmm. so asking yourself this question, how is this showing up mm -hmm. over and over and over? What's the trigger, What's the trigger? either What's... the external trigger or the internal trigger mm -hmm. that's being represented in a way that's causing this unpleasant feeling? Mm -hmm. So you could take anything from the past and reframe it so it empowers you as opposed to disempowers you. That's mm -hmm. a very, very easy technique mm -hmm. that you mm -hmm. can do. It's mm -hmm. reframing. We teach a, a process called the 4R process of mm -hmm. recognize, which is recognize thoughts, emotions, mm -hmm. feelings, sensations, and behaviors. Right. If you want to write them down, write them down. Reframe the ones mm -hmm. that are disempowering you mm -hmm. into a way that empowers you. So mm -hmm. recognize, reframe. If you don't like the emotion, an emotion in the body will only last up to 90 seconds if mm -hmm. you observe it. So yeah. you can release it through an inner size that we, uh, we teach called take six. Mm -hmm. So take six is just six rhythmic breaths, mm -hmm. uh, deactivates the stress response mm -hmm. center in the brain, uh, activates the relax and response mm -hmm. center in the brain, and then we can retrain our brain through mm -hmm. repetition mm -hmm. so that the same stimuli will not repeat itself. 
into nice. the same pattern. So that's the four-hour process. Recognize, reframe, release, and retrain. And like any type of training, the more you do it, the easier it becomes. Mm-hmm. So it becomes, you know, a conscious effort initially mm-hmm. to you're doing it unconsciously or non-consciously through practice and repetition. Mm. And so emotions are there to serve you. Yes. And if there's something that is an unpleasant emotion that you're having repetitively, there's something neurologically that's being triggered. Well, right. let's go to the cause versus the effect. Right. Too many people focus on effects, and I like to right. focus on cause. Right. And one of the, uh, I agree with all that, and I think that's a beautiful process. Um, a challenge that a lot of people have is creating the space to separate themselves from the effect. Right. So that they can observe it long enough right. to recognize it. Yeah. Right. And so that's, that's where mindfulness meditation comes in Bingo. or even yeah. a breath, you know, the breath practices. And I was just talking about this today at that Tony Robbins event. It's like people struggle with meditation because meditation is like saying leadership, right? It's a very broad subject, yeah. right? And people think anything with your eyes closed is meditation. But what most people are doing is sitting with their eyes closed and thinking. And thinking with your eyes closed is thinking with your eyes closed. <laughs> yeah. It's not meditation. Right. It's an attempt, but there is a very specific, you know, process. And the first step to being able to meditate or get to the point where you can recognize those patterns that you talk about is to learn how to concentrate deeply, to to develop your mind. This is like the Navy SEAL principle, to sharpen your mind so you can concentrate for a long period of time on one thing. Right. And breath is a great thing to concentrate on. And then in that, because you're concentrating on that one thing and you're looking at that one thing, suddenly you can notice when other things intervene or interfere. Guess what those look like? They look like thoughts and emotions that don't belong because you're concentrating on that one thing. And one thing can be a Bible verse. It can be your breath. It can be a mantra. But concentration precedes mindfulness and, you know, being able to separate from the thought. You got to be able to focus on that one thing to create space so that you can run the simultaneous mind where now you're looking at the thoughts and you, and you instead of being the subject, they become the object. And then you can work with them. And you observe. You observe them. Yeah. Right. And, and, and I do a variety of different practices for myself. And so there are some you know, mornings or afternoons or evenings where I'll actually be mindful or aware of where are all my thoughts going right now? Yeah. Just, just observe them. No judgment, so no blame, no shame. Just sit. Watch. Uh, other time, and I do them well, open wait, eye, ask closed you a question. eye. Yeah, okay. So open eye doesn't matter. Soft gaze. You're yeah, just sitting there yeah, watching. Just observing. Yeah. Where is your awareness seated in your brain headspace when you watch your thoughts? Do you? Because do you have a sensation that you're a little bit removed from your yeah. frontal oh, yeah. lobe? Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I like to think, you know, I have a body. I have a brain, I have thoughts, I have emotions, I have feelings, I have sensations, but But I'm not not them. them. So no differently than looking at an artist painting. Right. I, I look at it like somebody is painting in front of me. You can be first person or, or third, third person. person. And even when I might do my visualization practices, I do right. first person, third or, person. Right. Um, and, and, um, so thinking would be first person. But mm-hmm. watching your thoughts come and go is third person. Yeah. And so to situate yourself in a third-person perspective, that's a skill in, a, in and of itself. How do you train that? On um, the same way you train becoming a Navy SEAL. Right. Right? The same way you train your bicep muscle to get stronger. The same way you train your cardiovascular system to get stronger. Mm-hmm. Uh, you keep challenging it. 
You mm-hmm. keep practicing. And, and you don't get it right all the time. There are some days that I've got this monkey mind, mm-hmm. uh, and then I just got to step away and then come back again. I say, okay, mm-hmm. hold on a second. This pattern is something I need to interrupt. Mm-hmm. And through practice, like right now, if I close my eyes or even keep my eyes open, and at this pace we're going right now, I'm already in a mindfulness meditative state. For sure. Right? Yeah. Where I'm That's like, really oh, connected. State. Yeah. And um, if cool. I close my eyes, two breaths, three breaths, I'm gone. I'm like, I'm not in this body. I'm like, out, checked out. Body's here. John's gone. <laughs> Who am I talking to? <laughs> John's gone. My lips are moving. John's gone. He's sur- surfing the universal waves. That's awesome. Um, but that comes from practice. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's no different than somebody who's practiced a martial art. Mm-hmm. Whether they, you know, if they practice on a consistent basis and somebody um, uh, attacked them, uh, they would be unconsciously competent mm-hmm. in knowing how to meet that threat. Right. Right, and um, the more you practice, the easier it becomes, mm-hmm. and that's the thing that I think is missing from a lot of society today. Right, and we, um, like my kids, you know, you know, they're awesome, awesome young men. Uh, we also, you know, talk about you know they suffer from affluenza. <laughs> you know, it's uh, too much of a good thing. Yeah, uh, they think it leads that to a bad it, thing. it leads to yeah, a bad I thing, think and, that and my um, son is in that category. you know, so you know, when they got older, you know, they want a car. So I'm going to pay for half of anything you want. <laughs> you have to figure out the other half. Um, so you know, I force them as much as I can to to participate in their own rescues. Our friend Tony Robbins would say, <laughs> <laughs> right? And um, but I, I want to teach them that whether it's business success, health success, financial success, relationship success, spiritual success, you've got to not just you know practice, but you've got to practice the right things in the right order at the right That's time. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, and I agree adage. that that is that's new to the Western world. It just yeah. hasn't been taught very well. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> that sequencing, and it's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if I take one of my Navy SEAL friends and who's got a lot of experience with concentration training, well, I can go a little bit quicker with them and maybe introduce, you know, something else right away. And right. also a lot of visualization training. But the mind does need, you know, does follow that kind of sequence from the outer to the inner. Right, it'll it'll so. it'll follow any. The, 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 our brains are a predictive organ, mm-hmm. right? So they're consistently um, bringing information in, but then projecting information mm-hmm. out and right. trying to predict what's going to happen. Yeah, like uh, you know, all the time. And so we're projecting out onto the world, you know, the patterns that already exist in our brain. So we don't see the world as it is. You you know, see we see the world we as we it. are, and we're right. reflecting it. But when we're talking about. You know, a hundred billion cells with trillions of things going on in our brain at any given time. There's a lot of noise in there. Fifty thousand mm-hmm. thoughts a day, trillions mm-hmm. of bits of of, mm-hmm. inform- or, of activities and, and information is going to create a very, very active mind. Mm-hmm. So to learn how to calm that down and and control it versus it controlling you mm-hmm. is a practice, mm-hmm. right? And uh, the good news is you've got an entire, you know, army, okay, or navy, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you. in your mind that if you can get the troops working together, right. it is mega powerful. But mm-hmm. if you don't, they'll, they'll run the city rampant, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And so we, we, in, in our society in North America, we really haven't taught people the power that resides within them. 
Yeah, not and, until recently. Now there's right. You know, it's just starting, the work that starting you're doing to come. And what we're doing, so and that's starting. why you know the um, brain training stuff is so good, and the mindfulness is yeah. so good, and the meditation is so good, and the visualization is so yeah. good, and the you know all the self talk stuff is so good because right. we're starting to really put more emphasis yeah. on uh, utilizing the tools that we have, right. you know, uh, right. for the betterment of our, of society, right. mankind, and each other. This podcast is supported by Qualia, brought to you by the Neurohacker collective qualia is a nootropic that's a brain supplement essentially that will help you reach your full potential cognitively now i love this product i use it every day and when i run out i feel like i'm you know maybe missing out when i take the qualia i'm able to think more clearly and i feel more focused and engaged you know it really also helps me when i'm tired and overwhelmed get back into my game I think Qualia is a breakthrough product and the ingredients are all extremely high quality and they cover a broad spectrum of neurological capacities. So you're going to have to check it out and research it for yourself, but the best way to do that is to actually try it. And Qualia, the team over there, has offered you a 15% off the price of a monthly subscription. That is awesome. I mean, that is is extremely generous. So if you want to get 15% off and try out Qualia, then go and get a monthly subscription. Just try it out for a couple months using the code UNBEATABLEMIND15R. Don't forget the R. UNBEATABLEMIND15R. And it's sold at their website, neurohacker.com. N-E-U-R-O-H-A-C-K-E-R.com. Neurohacker.com. Use the code UNBEATABLEMIND15R to get 15% off that monthly subscription. Check it out. I think this stuff is awesome to support your training in developing an unbeatable mind. Hoo-yah. Let's talk about brain training specifically. Sure. Um, let's first address it from the objective and the use of tools such mm-hmm. as uh, neurofeedback or sure. biofeedback and neurostim. Yeah. What is your take on the use of you know, devices like that? Like the halo or the, yeah. the, um, the since, muse or things like that. Yeah. So since the beginning of man, woman, we've used tools, mm-hmm. rocks, you know. Yeah, uh, it's just a tool we, to project tools. to it's make things tools. more effective. Tools to help our physical world, tools to help our inner world. And so with the newest research that's coming out on the brain, the electrical activity, the brain waves, uh, the brain waves of positive, of positive thoughts, negative thoughts, positive emotions, negative or unpleasant thoughts, traumas, um, focus, uh, flow states, etc. cetera. Um, we, we understand they're all patterns in the brain. Mm-hmm. So anything that we can do to activate or deactivate circuits, patterns in the brain, is probably a good thing. Mm-hmm. And so if we can use biofeedback or STEM you know, for the brain uh, in a safe, effective way, right. it's just a tool. Mm-hmm. And so I look at using tools to help us progress, mm-hmm. to help us release what we need to release so that we have more fulfilling, loving, caring, yeah. fun lives. And anytime we can use a tool to help us perform better, whether it's at work or at home or because of mental illness or, or any mm-hmm. type of uh, trauma that we may have faced in the past, then I'm all for using the right tools. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of work right now with psychedelics as well, mm-hmm. you know, on mm-hmm. opening up, you know, different parts of the brain mm-hmm. that have, you know, been left untouched by most people in this part of society mm-hmm. until now. Right, right. And so I'm all for that. The, the thing that I think is, starts to get really scary is when you have the 
uh, man and mind machine interfaces. Yeah, I was just going to go there. I mean, that, that yeah. makes that, there's an uncomfortable oh, territory my, my. because to me, yeah. that's two things that really stand out. One is mass distraction. How do you turn it off if you're yeah. interfaced with the internet? You know, through some sort of you know implant. It's already happening. And two yeah. is artificial intelligence. Right, artificial intelligence has two sides to it. Right, good and the bad, so dark and the light. Yeah, so so do cars, and so do cars exactly. So, right. but the point is, you know, you're going to see people get hacked in the future. You know, yeah. the, the zombie army might be human beings who have been hacked <laughs> coming after you. Right. That's just a you know, kind of I, I say that tongue in cheek, but geez, well, it's not, it's actually for it's, me, it's, it's not tongue in cheek. It's a little sketchy. It's it's a reality that I think we are marching towards. Yeah, fast. Yeah, and and so if you think about. Star Wars, for example, you know, mm-hmm. and you think about the um, when my kids were playing video games when they were younger and they're, you know, wanting to play for hours at a time, we were told, you know, it's terrible. Get your kids off of playing computer games for three, four, five, six, seven, eight hours a day. And I go, okay, I, I get that. <coughs> but I'm also observing they're using their left hand, right hand, connecting mm-hmm. with each other yeah. and making split second decisions. Right. Their brains are trained and, differently. And their brains are trained differently. The neural patterns and the pathways that they're developing were, mm-hmm. are, are far, far greater. By, by, they're turning on their neuroplasticity switch mm-hmm. uh, and using curiosity and novelty and, and, and getting really a lot smarter mm-hmm. uh, than we ever were yeah. um, by using some of these games. But I, I was forced to think, how will this evolve the brain, which let's say a thousand years from now, or two or three or 10,000 years from now, if I could place myself there and see that, I mean, we're evolving, whether we like it or we don't, you know, and, and it might be a million years from now. How is what's happening right now going to affect that? Interesting. Yeah. Right? So we all have um, had moments of intuition where we just know. We've walked mm-hmm. into a room or into a situation, you, th- not a word has been said, mm-hmm. not a breath has been taken, and you know something's mm-hmm. up. Right. How do you know? Well, that's your intuition. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, what if that starts becoming 100 times, 500 times more developed than the average person? Mm-hmm. What if that thought that I'm having, that you know I'm having, becomes more refined? Mm-hmm. Right. In the craft and special you come from, mm-hmm. you have to rely on that. Absolutely. Right. And trust yeah. it. Right. And trust, that, so and, and therefore trust it, it develops. And therefore right. it develops. I'm getting chills yeah. right now. Yeah. Well, what if everything that's happening right now with AI, what if everything that's happening with the gamification, mm-hmm. with the games, what if all of that is part of the evolution? The of evolution. Consciousness. Yeah. I get that when it comes to like virtual reality. I can see how virtual reality. Developing, I was just talking to a young lady this morning who wants to develop or help, you know, develop like a, a matrix style construct or a hollow deck, you know. What it's if we're coming. in one already? Yeah, we could be in one. In fact, you know, we, we are 18 math- months away. Mathematically, it's impossible. Like, there's zero chance that we're not. I read this somewhere. Zero chance that we're not right. in a, 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 some sort of, right. you know, matrix. Construct. So I've been following the VR world and the mm-hmm. AR world and AI world and deep learning machine worlds for six years now. I go to all the conferences. I've met the players. We are 18 to 36 months away from us having virtual reality goggles that are as real as yours and my discussion in front of each other right now. So it makes you feel the experience is just as real. It's just as real. So how do we know, right? How how could we be so arrogant as a species to think that in our two and a half million years on this little blue planet, that there (laughs) isn't a more advanced species that's let's say five million years in the making 
yeah. right? Uh, you know, on their planet, uh, in, in this galaxy of billions of stars and in billions of galaxies. Like, how could we be so arrogant to think mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. Um, I like to stretch yeah. the imagination. Stretch. Do you think that artificial intelligence could gain consciousness? Or have the same well, type of consciousness. What is consciousness? Yeah. Like, like, what is consciousness? I mean, that's a really right? good question. What it's is beyond, consciousness? Beyond my it's like uh, pay grade to answer that. Yeah, question. it's like what is consciousness? The you know the awareness that you and I are talking right now. The awareness that you know my feet are touching the ground right now. My hands. Are like, what's consciousness? Well, you know, partly is life force infused with intelligence. You know, and Great. so you take away that life force. You know, consciousness goes away. It, says it, whom? It, well, like it goes like, away from this this physical form. Great, and then back to what? That's yeah, a good question. Right. Back so to if, its if source, we are energy, source, right. and energy, one of the laws of energy is the transmutation of energy from mm-hmm. ice cube to water to to air, ether, gas to H two O, right, and recirculates back into it. So mm-hmm. you know, um, we go back to sperm and egg combining twenty six multiplications. But what was it before? Energy, mm-hmm. right? Just energy. You know, we, we come from the from the um, centers of stars, mm. <laughs> right? But where do the stars come from? Mm. From the Big Bang? Where did the Big Bang come from? So you can just keep going down that rabbit hole. Um, and I think that I don't believe that I will ever die. Mm-hmm. My body will, but mm-hmm. I won't. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying I as John. Right. I'm not I, saying I as the I voice is the, you're, is you're the hearing. Awareness that's within. Yeah. So, so I've got a little different construct, mm-hmm. mental construct of uh, what we're experiencing right now. Mm-hmm. And, and in, in the world that I play in myself, there are no accidents in this universe. Mm-hmm. There are lots, like I said before, there's lots of things I don't understand. There's lots of things I'm unsure of, unaware of, but there are no accidents. Interesting. Man, I wanted to get more into the brainathon and ah. uh, the things you, you know, the things you train. So let's talk about that for a little bit. We've been going sure. for a while. And yeah, no. <laughs> I need to. Wrap. Hopefully, we got some good stuff here. Oh, this is really interesting. You know, and this rap, these rabbit holes. I love it. I love this stuff. Long. Yeah. It's really fascinating to me. What is like the 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 top three things you seek to train with your neurogym and and through the brainathon? Like, what are the the really most critical elements? You know, when you approach a client or, or someone sure. who engages with you. Number one is that you have a brain. You're not your brain. Mm-hmm. And you can mold it and you can train it. It's there to serve you. Yeah. It's there to serve you. So yeah. whether it's your mindset, you know, your attitude, your perception, your beliefs, your habits, um, you can train them to be stronger. Right. I coined a term um, a couple of years ago called inner size. Mm-hmm. I like that. Right. And so exercise trains your cardiovascular system, mm-hmm. your lungs, your muscles. Intersize trains your neuro muscles. Mm-hmm. Right. So can you develop stronger sense of self-worth? Yes. Mm-hmm. Can you develop more self-esteem? Yes. Mm-hmm. Can you develop your sense of confidence and certainty? Yes. Can you develop empowering beliefs, which are neural structures? Yes. Can you develop empowering habits? Yes. These are all neural structures. Most people don't know how to do it, mm-hmm. but we can strengthen them. And then we go to emotions. Um, there are only, you know, a few core emotions, happiness, sadness, love, contempt, disgust, shame. Um, but those are biofeedback mechanisms that is there to keep you safe. Your number one priority of the brain is safety. First, energy conservation. Second, 
So anytime you're doing something out of your comfort zone, you are going to meet resistance. Mm -hmm. That is neurological and biological resistance. Most people move away from that. Mm -hmm. People who learn how to get through it win bigger games. Mm -hmm. And so the first thing I want to share with people and, and teach them is that you can strengthen your neuro muscles to achieve more of the goals and dreams that are just goals and dreams mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's number one. And then through daily practices, simple practices, whether it's visualization, meditation, mindfulness, subliminal programming, mm -hmm. self-talk, uh, cognitive behavior, uh, modification, mm -hmm. uh, mental contrasting techniques, a variety of proven by science mm -hmm. to alter neural patterns and mm -hmm. to alter structures in the brain mm -hmm. that they that they are used right now with uh, CEOs mm -hmm. uh, that like to invest a lot of money in this uh, astronauts navy right. seals right. and we're already using a lot of these tools so i want to let people know that the tools that used to cost thousands of dollars before or tens of thousands of dollars before are available for you know yeah, a fraction of the cost now, now for uh, for individuals uh, and then regardless of what your life is like right now your brain is at the center of what's driving the behaviors mm -hmm. <laughs> and the mm -hmm. thoughts and the emotions. Mm -hmm. And so if it's your brain and we have better tools for helping you use it better, mm -hmm. when would now be a good time to learn how to do it? Yeah, now. Right? Now, like now. Like, yeah. like you got yourself the most sophisticated tool in the universe. Right. And so why not use it to be happier, to be healthier, to be more compassionate, to be more loving, to be more kind, to do more good in the world, to, to mm -hmm. enjoy your life more so that when, when your life is over, right, as we know it right now, you can pump your fist and go, what a fucking great journey that was, <laughs> yeah. as opposed to going, that was so average, that was so ordinary. Yeah, so lame, yeah. And so everybody who's listening right now has the ability to make a decision, to be committed instead of interested. Yeah. And say, I want to get better at this. I know if they're right. listening, then they already have that. They're likely committed, but you right. know, yeah. everyone's looking for a um, a tool and an idea or a pathway or an inspiration sure. to kind of deepen that commitment and yeah. steer them in a new direction, even if it's one degree new. Or move them in the same direction faster. Faster, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've often said uh, that if you want to, um, if, if you want to know why things are the way they are today. In your life, look at how you were thinking five to ten years ago. Oh, yeah. And if you want to see where you're going to be in five to ten years, look at how you're thinking today. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So if you don't like where you are, then check into your thinking. And if you want to be different, like you said earlier, if you want to have a different life in five to ten years, then then override some of the, the patterns that got you where you are. Unless yeah. you like them, keep them, but amplify them. Yeah. So amplify the good and override the negative and but be clear about where you want to go directionally too yeah. and that's a whole different subject you know that's that can yeah the there's why. uh when we start talking about why is it important to have a vision why is yeah. it important to have goals there's there's brain based reasons why that's right we, we know why we, they're an we, attractive we, force right? right so you need to go yeah. it's like the target out there we use the term and in, in the navy so you got to know where you're going to point your weapon <laughs> and if your brain is your weapon yeah. it can go all over the place and and yeah. these tools will will literally whipsaw you all over the place unless you know where to yeah. point them. You know? Yeah, you can use waves to surf, right? Or you can get beaten up by them. Right. Your choice is, are you going to learn how to surf? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> are you going to learn how to surf? I love that. <laughs> so what's the Brainathon? Because I, I saw that. Your, your yeah. company's Neurogym. Yeah, myneurogym.com. Myneurogym.com. And what's the Brainathon? The Brainathon is um, something that I came up with five years ago. 
where I invite some of the top brain researchers in the world from whether it's Harvard, mm -hmm. Oxford, Princeton, Yale, whatever, wherever the best brain research is happening that is applicable to our day-to-day -day lives of how, mm -hmm. to, how to think better, how to let go of emotions that don't serve us, how to change habits, how mm -hmm. to be more creative, how to um, yeah, stuff have more focus, today. a lot yeah. of stuff we talked about. And I brought um, you know, brain experts together every year. And, so it's um, not just you it's teaching, not just me, it's all no, these other experts. I, I, I usually cool. have five to seven other brain experts. That sounds like our annual summit where we bring in subject matter experts from a awesome. know, variety yeah. of topics covering those our five mountains. Yeah, and so we do a free web-based <coughs> training uh, for usually six to eight hours of you know one speaker after mm -hmm. another, plus we bring clients of ours that are using what they're learning on the Brainathon mm -hmm. uh, to transform their lives. And so you know we've got one coming up. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'd love to invite your your uh, followers uh, awesome. to join us if you'd like. I think they would love that. So it's the training itself is free. I Training's imagine you free. ask for email and that kind of stuff, right? To, yeah, if people if people want to take a look at what's going on. Right. Um, I think we've set up a page. Yeah, you know, uh, I think for you. the um, correct me if I'm wrong. It's brainathon one two three dot com forward, forward slash Mark Divine. Yeah. Yeah, M-A-R-K-D-I-V-A-N-E. Yeah, brainathon123.com forward slash Mark Divine. Okay, so and people can, can go there and that'll be in the show notes too. Yeah, and they can, they can go for free, uh, come for an hour, come for two hours, come for the whole day. We, we'll have about 125,000 people from around the world. So if they go to that watch. URL, will they sign up for yeah. an, an actual day, an actual yeah. event? Yeah, it's an actual event that they can watch oh, cool. off of their computer or If they cell miss phone. the event, would they get to watch a recording uh -huh. of it? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, thanks yeah, for that we'll offer. Make it, uh, yeah, we'll make that. it available for them for free. They'll be able to find out some of the brain training tools we have and um, fascinating stuff. Yeah, thank you very much. You're awesome, welcome. John. Thanks so much for your time today. You're welcome. It's a pleasure. Thank uh, you. Awesome stuff. I look forward to you know, more interaction with you. Yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah. Hoo-yah. Hoo awesome, guys. Thanks for your time today. Unbeal Mind Tribe, Sealfit Tribe, you rock. Uh, remember, your life depends upon how you think. <laughs> so start thinking with Unbeal Mind. And use the tools and check out John Asaroff at myneurogym.com. Till next time, train hard, stay safe, and focused. Hoo-yah. Goodbye now. Lock and load, boys. Time to explode, boys. Make sure you get home, boys. They got your back. The pride of the fleets. The bright swinging frogmen of the U.T.T. When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. At Stangy Law Firm, we represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy. 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. 
agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.